What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Hans. And it's Tristan. Welcome to the Hans and Tristan podcast. Tristan, happy yeah. Memorial Day weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We want to say for those who have families who have sacrificed and given up their life for the freedoms that we so um, freely enjoy and really unappreciate, we thank you. Um, for those families who have had love, um, loved ones who have lost their lives for our freedom. So we thank you for that. Um, also, though, we want to remind you that there's still a whole pandemic and coronavirus out there. So we know you want to get out and celebrate. Yeah, we'll be cooking on real, but still social distance. Thank yes, you please and be parents that serve. Pow, pow. Right. So please be careful. Um, don't forget, you know. We still are here fighting this pandemic, so please be mindful of the number of people you have attending your functions, and please wash hands, you know, clean, often sanitize areas, especially those high-touch areas. Um, please keep that in mind. So, you know, don't forget. I know we want to get straight to the celebration, which I get it. We've gone through a lot as a country and as a people, but let's still remember we still have a duty to stay safe. So that's my little PSA as we begin. So Tristan, I know that you have not been participating in this sad, sad occasion of no sports. I know it hasn't affected you. Um, you don't have this dark cloud um, around you like I do. Um, you don't wake up in tears, missing sports and basketball you know it just hasn't hit you um but we're we're mourning here we're in mourning but we had a little glimmer for the past about a month um documentary called the last dance so that has really been the highlight for sports watchers of all kinds the ratings for espn were just jumping through the roof because this documentary was the only sports that we had for the past month listen let me explain I didn't even know which channel ESPN was on. I'm sick of you. <laughs> even find this. I went to Netflix first. I was like, oh, it got to be on Netflix. It must be on Netflix. Like, where Netflix. is this thing? And, I, and I'm like, ESPN? Like, ESPN. what channel is ESPN? Oh, my God. <laughs> All right. Wow. It was a struggle. You need more males in your household. <laughs> I need, Hendrix is enough. I need zero males in my household. <laughs> so they decide to put a ring on it got you got you so for those um who haven't watched it tristan um <laughs> i watched i watched like four four right so it was a struggle it was a, it was a struggle <laughs> but it was a highlight for the sports world and it actually gave a lot of people a little glimmer into um jordan himself his uh character not only on the court, but off the court while in practice and a little bit of his personal life. Um, I knew a lot of this just because, you know, I'm a sports guy, I'm a Jordan fan, so I've read different things. And so I'm already new to, I'm not new to this, I already knew. But even uh, watching it though, I did learn some things um, and some events that I didn't even know happened. So it was cool, it was very informative. But 
for those of you who are not sports fans, don't worry. That's not what this podcast is about. So, <laughs> I saved us, guys. I right, saved us. right, right, as I roll my eyes. Um, don't do that. <laughs> so one thing that really stood out um, in this documentary is that Jordan uh, really highlighted the cost of being a leader um, and what comes with leading a team, being in charge. Um, and it's not all, you know, it's not all fun. It's not all rainbows. It's not all victories and success. There's so much responsibility and sacrifice that comes with being a leader. And I felt like that was powerful because it extended beyond sports. So, you know, we're, we've been in leadership, we've been supervisors, bosses, you know, you're running your own company and everything. So we kind of know, and I thought this was a great opportunity for us to kind of dive into that because oftentimes we don't really understand um, what comes with being in leadership and the toll it can take on you mentally because you're having to deal with so much more than and those who are not. And the emotional component behind it. Like, it's so funny because the, the few episodes I did watch. Um, oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they talked about how he won his first championship and how the, he just, boom, broke down. And they were like, no one ever saw him like that. They always saw him angry or yelling or, you know, trying to motivate, you know, his teammates. But when they saw him crying, it was like, oh, shit. Like, he, he is human. He does have feelings. Right. You know, but he, he felt like he had to suppress those in order to, again, be that example of what he wanted those around him to be. Mm-hmm. And for me, um, I just... I was just grateful that they highlighted that part of it and realized that, okay, so some conversations that are coming out of this was, is, I'm sorry, is Jordan a bully or is he an assertive leader? Because, you know, there's different types of leadership characteristics, right? And there's many ways to lead and you basically have to find out what works for the people that you're leading. You know, at least that's what great leaders do. They know how to be flexible and they know to, how to serve the needs of the people that they're leading. And I honestly, I'm not going to lie. I feel like some of it could be bullying and some of it is, you get what I mean? But I don't think all of it was bullying, if right. that makes sense. And ironically, the connection was when he spoke about how his dad treated him and his brother. Mm-hmm. How the dad used, you know, certain tactics to motivate him and to see him use those same tactics. tactics with his teammate was so, and it was just organic. Like, so clearly that's learned behavior. Whatever you're doing, you learned it because you've been through it. Mm. So I thought that was very, very ironic to see all that come full circle. No, that's so true because we, <laughs> it's also highlights kind of what we talk about a few episodes that certain things trickle down. Mm-hmm. Right. From generations and that we don't even realize where we get some of the things or character or, you know, characteristics or skills because they come from our parents or them before them and generations down. And we just is so ingrained in us and that we forget that, you know, this was kind of taught to us. And but it comes so naturally. And it's funny you say that because his dad was that he often referenced how his brother, older brother was always in competition with him, right? And his dad would say, oh, you don't do it as good as him, or, you know, you don't do that. And Jordan would hate that. 
and that would just cause him to drive. Siblings. Like I have an older sister who mm-hmm. is literally 22 months older than me. So I know that firsthand when you're constantly being compared to your eldest because, oh, they're on honor roll. Oh, they do this. And like, I ain't no motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it kind of makes you either step up or fall back. You know what I'm saying? So I think that, like you said, is, is something that as parents being mindful of that subconscious competitive nature you're instilling in your children, which again is going to affect their personality traits and how they handle certain things. Mm-hmm. You know, and I understand not all parents are perfect. You know, you, there's no book that tells you how to do everything because you have to parent to the best of your abilities and you have to parent your child. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to lie and say that, you know, there are some things that his father could have done better there, there are some things he could have instilled in michael but i also can't fault him for knowing um what triggers his son and what motivates his son you know to greatness so you know it's kind of like what are you willing to kind of live with you know which which evil do you want to deal with but one thing though that i kind of want us to really dive into is the sacrifices that he had to make in order to lead his team to the mountaintop he sacrificed friendships um because let's be real when you watch that deck documentary, he wasn't friends with all of his teammates. Like, when you talk about basketball, it's a brotherhood, right? It's a fraternity. But when you get down to it and you see how um, they interact with each other, he wasn't chilling with everybody. Like, you know, teammates are now and people who are leading their teams are now. He wasn't, you know, ha-ha king with everybody. Um, he would sometimes here and there, but for the most part, he was about business. Let's get it done. You know, I'm going to get in your butt. I'm going to make sure you do what you need to do. I'm going to get into it. So he was sacrificing that nice guy image to make sure that his team was building healthy habits so they can perform well on the court. And to me, I believe that we do that in leadership. We sacrifice certain things that if we weren't in leadership, we would definitely enjoy the fruits of, but we have to do that. So we make sure that our team, right, can make it to the mountaintop. And I don't think people realize that with leadership comes sacrifice. Absolutely. Like even from a parenting perspective, right? You know, sometimes you listen, <laughs> I have no problem being a bad guy, whether it's at work, whether it's at home. And I'm going to be the baddest damn bad guy you've ever fucking met. And I'm so okay with that. Because it's not me being nasty or mean or whatever, but it's also me being stern and having standards and a certain expectation of what needs to be done. And my expectations are up front. So it's not like you're being blindsided by them. We all should have a common goal. So when I see you slacking, then it becomes an issue like, all right, what's going on? What's the problem? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I was say, um, something was like um, I clearly haven't gotten to this part but they were saying that, um, they were on a plane and they were getting ready to eat and it was like he told one like no don't feed him because he didn't have a good game or something like that mm-hmm. I didn't get to that part but if that was me me and Michael would have Michael caught his hands <laughs> like who the fuck you be like <laughs> now, I would have just got kicked off the team because like nah I'm a grown ass man at the end of the day I'm a grown ass man. So how dare you sit here and say a motherfucker can't eat because of what happened on a court. And I thought, I think also it needs to be some kind of boundaries or compartmentalization because it can be something that consumes you. Mm-hmm. Which it did though. It, it did. And, that, and that's his, that's his fault. That's his Achilles heel. It consumed him. He knew nothing else. 
right? So he didn't have that balance. And that's where, honestly, Scotty came in and Scotty made it great. So he started off with the documentary saying, you can't say Michael Jordan without saying Scotty Pippen, which is so true. Because let's be honest, that team, and I'm, everybody who knows me knows I'm the biggest Michael Jordan. I love him. He can do no wrong, really, for me. But I will say this. That team, he would not be able to lead that team without Scotty there to balance him. Because what people are not understanding was Scotty was that gentle touch. Right. right. So he balanced. It's like it's like a family system, right? Like a support system. You need that balance. And that's what Scotty offered him. And I think Michael knew that. You get what I mean? So right. I can go hard because I he's gonna balance me. You get what I mean? But I have to do my part to go hard like that. And I I love the documentary kind of giving us that glimpse to it. Kind of like you were saying, I'll play the bad guy because obviously I'm great at it. You get what I mean? And I'll be it because that's what we need. And then right. you do whatever. You hold their hands. You do. But it's funny you say that because it did happen. I mean, Steve Kerr and Michael got into a fist fight. You know, Steve Kerr, Michael said something. Steve Kerr pushed him. Michael, boom, punched him in the face. You know? I that part yet. Oh, okay, my bad. That happened. Everybody knew that. Even but no, I mean, but you're absolutely right. Like, it comes with certain things. And it also comes with certain, um, your your reputation precedes you. So even when you walk in the room, you have certain people who want to try you, who want to kind mm -hmm. of swipe at you because of your reputation. Even if you're not even gunning for that person, sometimes they're gunning for you because you have this stigma, this reputation, and these, you know, this status. Which mm -hmm. can be, it can be difficult because who the fuck, like, you like, I don't know who the fuck to trust, who really got my back, like, at the end of the goddamn day. No, and that's real. And honestly, that's kind of a similar situation I'm going through right now. So, you know, I just started a new job and, you know, I'm right into leadership. One of the highest forms of it really right underneath the, the owner. So basically I'm coming in, but granted, I used to work there. So some people know me and they know about me, but a lot of people are like, who is this? How are you going to do this? And then you have the other people who want to try you just to see how you're going to do. And, you know, and you have to you have to be able to balance and deal with all of that accordingly. And I was telling some of uh, the team members that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't have the luxury of trying to be friends with everybody. That's not, you know, I don't have that luxury and that's not something I'm going for. You don't have to like me, but you will respect me. You know, like I have to have certain lines, like, and I'm okay with that. And you have to be, and I'm not going to lie. Old Hans, maybe years ago would have been concerned. Like, Oh man, like you don't like me. What's good. Or, but now I just, I have other responsibilities that I have to attend to. And at the end of the day, you know, I have to make that sacrifice. So if, if that means sacrificing a personal relationship that I might have with you otherwise, that's, that's fair. But I have to put the business, right, the success of the business, I have to put that before that personal relationship. And oftentimes, people don't understand, like, whoa, you don't have, no, sometimes you really do have to do that because especially if you're dealing with a big organization or a big business, you don't have the time to go, person by person you know you don't have that luxury so you do have to sacrifice some personal relationships now that doesn't mean go around and be a dick to everybody no that's not what that means Absolutely. what that means is you just don't have the time to personalize every little thing to that person it's just it's it's unproductive you can't do it you really can't so yeah and the reality is like you said it's, it's a company it's, it's a well-oiled machine and everyone has a part to play and everyone should know their part and sometimes that just means me delegating and i don't have the time to actually sit down and you know be cordial be nice or key 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 or give you this one-on-one -on -one attention that you desire which was kind of a pet peeve of mine because you know like 
you know me, I didn't do no goddamn hand holding. I hated it. Like, like I hated it with a passion. Like, dude, you wanted this job. Why are you not doing what is required of you in this position? And that used to irk my fucking nerves. And I was really, and I know me personally. Like, I remember. <laughs> my company sent me to training like three times, two months in a row. And I'm like, goddamn. They're like, you ain't getting nothing from the first time. Because I didn't really motivate very well. It was more like, yo, piss it, get off the pot. Why are you here? You know what I'm saying? So I had to be mindful about my approach. And like again, it wasn't me being a bully, but it came off more aggressive because my patience was thin. Like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? Why? Then we all had this conversation last week. Why am I having this conversation again? I don't like repeat myself. Right. So it's very frustrating. And I think you have to honestly like learn your audience, learn who you are leading because you're not a leader if ain't nobody following your ass. Mm-hmm. So you definitely have to cater sometimes your style to meet and match those who are following you. But you have to be mindful again of how you come off. That's true. That's true. No, and um, I love that you said that again. So I think that's one point we can definitely identify is that one characteristic of a great leader is being able to match the people that they're leading, right? Um, Because if you don't, kind of like parenting, if you really don't uh, shift your parenting to serve the needs of your child, um, it's not effective. The same thing goes with leadership, right? So if you have a crew of employees or what have you that learn one way, but you lead another, um, you better change the way you lead or you're going to have to fire everybody and hire everybody that matches that, you know, your style of leadership. So I think that's one great point we can mention. A second great point is that um, at the end of the day, with leadership comes sacrifice. And you have to understand that. As a leader, you're going to have to sacrifice certain um, perks that come with being an employee of a company that you know you just don't get to enjoy. So for instance, one example would be oftentimes um, if you're just um, an average employee, you can come in, do your job and not have to worry about much, right? Come in, do your job, get paid and leave. When you're in leadership, you have to worry and are responsible for so much more, right? Mm-hmm. So that leaves little time for anything else in the workplace. So, you know, you have your work buddies that you kind of chill and play with, whatever. When you're in leadership, oftentimes you don't have that luxury because you're required to do so much more. And I think that, you know, we have to point that out as well. So if leadership comes, sacrifice. Right. Um, I mean, and that's the reason why they say it's kind of lonely at the top because, mm -hmm. you know, that, that fucking analogy didn't come from nowhere. Like, as you move up the ladder, you have to kind of, create that, you know, differentiation between you and again, those who are you trying to get to follow you because sometimes you can't have this homegirl down to earth or homeboy down to earth because then people lose respect for you because they feel like you're their peer when in reality you're not their peer. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. that, and it becomes an issue. So when you become a leader, you have to really have that line in the sand. It's like, yeah, we cool, but we're not that cool. Right, and those boundaries. Exactly, and understand that and be ready. And that's why people like, you know, don't do business with family, don't do business with friends, because sometimes those lines get blurred when you have those intimate relationships. Not me, because I'd be like, look, motherfucker. Like, <laughs> look. Oh, that's real. That's real. And I think that's our next point, right? Boundaries. As a leader, you have to maintain and enforce those boundaries, because if you don't, those lines can get blurred and that can really hit your company 
or your organization as a whole. So you have to enforce those boundaries, which is something I'm experiencing as well. So like the company I work for, we're definitely family oriented. We like to blur those lines, but at the same time, I have to reinforce those boundaries. Yeah, we're cool, but at the end of the day, I need you to do this and I need you to make sure that it gets done. So I lead leadership, right? So I have one of my leaders who are actually struggling with that. And I have to have, you know, kind of some teaching and conversations with him and saying, hey, listen, I get it. You're cool with them. You even have an outside relationship with them. That's fine. But in here, I need you to lead them. Right. What I need you to do, because that's the position we have you in. So if you're not being, you know, useful in that position, then what's the point of having you? Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to have that conversation like you have to really learn to draw those distinctions and you don't have to do it in a mean way at all. Like me, I'm cool. I'm cordial. I'll joke around with you, but then I'll turn around real quick. But hey, I need you to do this. Could you do it for me real quick? You know, and it's not done mean or coarsely. It's just like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, he's cool. He's honest, but uh, he's also, you know, like (laughs) I need him to do that as, you know, so you can do that. But like you said, though, oftentimes those lines get blurred. And it could lead to a mess if you as a leader don't reinforce, like you said, those boundaries are that lined in the sand. Um, another thing I think um, that was pointed out in the documentary was leading by example. So yeah. I have always been the type and, you know, I've been fortunate to have some great bosses um, throughout, you know, out here in the workforce who have always led by example and i've picked that and i've taken that with me into leadership myself so i would honestly never ask anybody that i work for to do something that i haven't done myself and i think michael jordan exemplified that on the court so he's asking you to do stuff that he himself has done and does it at a high level right and he's not even asking you to do it at his level right you're doing your what he knows you're capable of that's exactly it and i think as leaders we have to continue to do that as well. And people don't realize that. Well, if you're an effective leader, I think that's one thing you really have to do. You have to lead by example. So you can't out here be a lazy person out here, skirting, cutting hours, taking shortcuts, but you want your employees to go hard. Right. You're not doing it yourself. And, I, and another thing is like, you're constantly under a microscope. You know what I'm saying? Like you're mm-hmm. constantly like, I remember one part of the document, they said, he really doesn't have time to himself. Like, when he leaves his hotel, it's fans there. When he gets to the stadium, it's fans there. When he leaves the locker room, it's fans there. Like, everywhere he goes, it's like fans, fans, fans. So, um, I, I understand that sometimes it's like, you don't even feel like you belong to you anymore. When you get to that level, right? Right. Because I'm, I'm not at that level. I'm not at the MJ level, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I'm still, like, low-key leading. But when you get to that <laughs> level where you're famous, and people, you know, want to be in your presence, it can become draining. No, but I feel like you are at that level to in leadership in this way, meaning oftentimes we get so consumed in the responsibilities that we're doing because you're, we're, we're the same. When we go for something, we go hard. Right. You know? And oftentimes if we can't go hard, we probably won't do it. That's just, that's just what it is. So I know when you have a function, we talked about this in the, last, in the last podcast, in the last show. When you have a function, it consumes you. You're all about that function. You're all about planning it, making sure every step is detailed and done to how you want it, and nothing else matters but that function in which you're planning. I feel a little obsessive. <laughs> I could be slightly obsessive. Right, but really, you're sacrificing a lot of other things in that process. 
right. right? You don't have certain luxuries of taking a break and chilling and doing other things. No, you're busy planning, organizing, and planning your next step. So right. I think, yes, it's not fame in Michael Jordan, but it's the same thing. We're consumed by the work. And we're constantly right. perfecting the craft. We're constantly working. We're constantly making moves. And oftentimes people think we're chilling, right? But no, we're, we're really not chilling. There is no chilling. So even when we're laying in bed, we're working. Right, you have a great point because, you know, especially having your own business, there it really is no off days. And I have to really tell people, like, you know, so people will message me on Facebook, then they'll message me on Instagram, then they'll text me. And then, you know, like, they'll text me on my personal phone, like my friends, you know, and I had to really explain to my friends, like, I got to understand, like, I do it this all day long and I want to be a friend. But I, you know, like my homegirl Janelle, she'll ask me, like, hey, are you in a space to hear this? You know, mm-hmm. most people be like, just, huh? you know so you're right it is kind of like everywhere you go sometimes it's like i don't even want to go on instagram because that, that little light come on let people know you're on there and you be like oh yeah, you could turn that off though right you know i don't know how to do that i got you <laughs> i got you <laughs> i got you but it, it is complex to be in a situation where you know like you constantly have to be on no and that's place. true like I said, that's why I stay in the house so much. Like that's honestly why I stay in the house so much because I know Tristan, like you said, from ten years ago, I can't go on social media and bash my baby daddy no more. I can't do that no more. At the end of the day, because of my business and the reputation I have at this point, like I'm not now. I might have to just call my homegirl now and be like, "Girl, let me take this food I need." Right. So it's different. It is different. It is, and you know we we have to carry a lot. So one thing that you uh, really brought back to my memory is that oftentimes you don't want to say you're a therapist because you know what comes with that, right? So when they ask you what you do, you're kind of hesitant because... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right. You're not sure what you'll get. And it's not that we don't like helping or anything like that. It's that we just need a break sometimes. And I think this is a good time to bring up our... One of our last points is that when you're in leadership, you really have to... Um, plan out time like literally plan out time for yourself because if you don't you'll be consumed you'll burn out and you'll hurt yourself and the people that you're leading because you're responsible for them and their well-being so you really have to plan out time and say hey from this time to this time I'm not doing anything involving my business, my work, or anything like that. This is just for me to do whatever I need to do to get me to that balance or relax, you know, state that I need to recover. And um, we live in a society that actually promotes workaholics. It really does. Think about it. When you compare our work week, our vacation averages to other countries, we are workaholics. And it often- Well, people are ashamed to say that they were relaxing. They're ashamed to take vacations. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think I did vacation time. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you right, that's the culture we live in. That's the society we live in. Like, you gotta constantly be working and busting your ass 24 seven to prove that you're not a bum. Exactly. Exactly. No, and that's and that's real. That's kind of the dominant narrative that's out there right now. If you're not overworking or you know doing that, then you're not working. No, no, no. I'd rather be efficient. You get what I mean? They're just busy and working. The thing, work smarter, not harder. Exactly. Like you ain't gotta kill yourself or overexert yourself because, like you said, especially if you're a leader, that's gonna affect 
how you leave because now you're tired, you're drained, you're irritable, and you can't process. Like you're constantly having things come at you and thrown at you. So if you're not able to be vigilant on your toes, then mm-hmm. you're gonna make some poor decisions, which will affect the company and the dynasty and the dynamic of everything you got going on. No, and that's real. And you know, I know I'm out here, you know, giving advice that I need to be taking more of. Listen, I was uh, you know, but no, but listen, I actually have been doing better. I've been really being more rigid in my boundaries, especially my weekends, because you know, that's like the only time and really it's only one day of the weekend that I really get to just do me. But I'm really guarding that. I really am and I'm I'm doing better because I have to understand what my responsibilities are to myself and also the people that I lead. Um, Just like you said, once you're running down your body and your mind, the side effects of that are horrible. You know, irritability, short-temperedness, you know, overreactive. Um, Your decision-making skills just become dull. So I want to be able to give my best in everything that I'm doing. So in order to give my best, I have to make sure that I'm at my best. And oftentimes I think that workaholic narrative doesn't allow for that. No. And, that, and it's like, you all got to be grinding, but not only are you as a leader, you're responsible for the effectiveness. You're also responsible for the morale mm-hmm. of the people, which can actually hinder or help you depending on how it is. So if you walk in a room and everyone's like, oh shit, like, <laughs> then that's telling you something in regards to how your team views you. That's fact. It's a massive difference. Like I said, no one wants to. It's a difference when, like, okay, for example, in basketball, like I gotta go out here and perform regardless if motherfucking Michael is on my neck or not. Right mm-hmm. now, my performance, I can enjoy it or not enjoy it. That's a, that's a motivation, whether you know internal, external motivation, whatever the case may be. But that doesn't mean I gotta sit here and lay my life on the line if I don't trust these people. I don't. I don't like my company. Like I'm not happy here. And you can tell when people aren't happy. Mm-hmm. It's very evident in their work ethic. No, that's true. That's true. That morale is key, though. It really is key because if morale isn't up, there's nothing to really motivate your employees or your team to work harder at all. If and I'm blind. Exactly, and it comes from top down. It really does. So it's like you said, what are energy? What are you bringing in when you come into that workplace? Because that's real, though, because I've been in so many workplaces where some people come in, you're like, oh, God, oh, why are you here? Like, you know, like the whole mood kind of shifts. Um, and honestly, that's why I always, um, when I was talking to my boss and how I come in, so many people know I work at multiple jobs. So when they ask me, okay, what do you do? And they're like, oh, man, you do this, but you don't look it. Well, no, because I make it a point. No matter what I'm dealing with, that's not on y'all. You know what I mean? I have to come in with a positive energy and a high energy because that's where I want you guys to be. So that's where I need to be as well. So yes, at the door. Exactly. So yes, I'm coming in off for two hours of sleep or whatever. But I'm like, hey, what's good, man? What we doing? What's up? Like you have to, you have to be that example, and you have to, you know, show them that hey, at the end of the day we have to have a culture, a workplace culture that is conducive to positive working and productivity as well. So I think that's great that you mentioned that because oftentimes people want to drag in the things that they're dealing with, like you said, with their baby mama or baby daddy or whatever, and then inject it into the workplace and wonder what's going on. <laughs> and the thing is, as a leader, you can always tell when someone 
ha is having issues in their personal life. If you're an aware leader, let me say that, you know, mm -hmm. because I know I used to be able to tell, I used to be like, okay, do you need to go home? Like, <laughs> you need some time off to fix this? Because you're physically here, but mentally you're not here. Like, mm -hmm. you know, and understanding that and be able to compensate that because I don't have the luxury of bringing my personal life into my business. Like, I, th like that's my business. So I don't have that luxury. Like, if I don't work, then guess what? Like, I don't make money. My bills don't get paid. I don't have any workers. Um, not any therapist is going to acquire money. I have people who work for me that I pay, like my, you know, website lady, my assistant, da 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 da. But as far as making money for the company, that's all me. So right. I keep my personal drama to a minimum <laughs> because I ain't about to sit here and go hungry because I'm up arguing with a, you know, a nigga or whomever. Like, I'm not doing that. And I got to be mindful. Like you said, it's sacrifice. I got to be mindful of the things that I allow in my life. Even if I want to deal with something, like, is this the right time? And how is it going to hinder my life and how I presume and move forward with my business? No, that's real. Certain things, you just got to leave it. You really do. And huh. other, other things, you have to learn how to manage it. So like you said, yes, we have to be stricter on what comes into our work. But oftentimes, our employees don't hold themselves to that same standard right so we have to help them deal with that just like you said so if you see somebody going through it pull them aside and be like hey listen i get it we all go through something but is it gonna affect your work you know and i get it and i want to be mindful of that so what i'm saying is if this is gonna affect how you work and we can't put you in a position where you can continue to work you know and and, and give us some great quality work you may need to take some time off which is good you know so like we have to learn how to like you said identify that as well um and another thing another sacrifice that you just pointed out was we don't have the luxury of dealing and engaging in so many different things because it may affect our brand and come back on the people that we lead so there's certain things we don't have the luxury of engaging and dealing with just because it's a bad look it's just a bad look it, it, and it's difficult because, well, it's not difficult for me, because, you know, you I have so many people, like, reach out to me and want to do collaborations. And, you know, I love collaborating because I'm like, yo, we, we all are here trying to eat. I get mm -hmm. it. But if I'm, if you ask me to do an IG Live with you or something like that, and then I go to your page and I see uh, you drunk, and then I see you uh, posting all these raunchy, and I'm just like, listen, I'm all for a fun time. Listen, you know? <laughs> But I don't record my fun times for a reason. <laughs> I don't post my fun times for a reason. So I can't allow my brands to associate with your brand. Now, my personal life, Tristan, we can get down with the get down. You like you a, a good time Sally. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but as far as business, I can't do that. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's like you really have to. It's not you being. And this is what I get often, especially with a lot of young people doing business. It's like, oh, well, I'm just real, da da da, da. Honey, I'm, I'm as real as real can get. But I also, again, compartmentalize. Mm -hmm. I don't shit where I eat. And you have to get to the point where understanding that, and a lot of people don't understand that, especially as you deal with a, a lot of business with younger people. It's like, nah, everyone shouldn't know. Like you said, know what you do and know what you've been through. Like, you, you would never know popping up in this damn, you know, recording that I was in bed all fucking day. <laughs> all day. I just threw my wig over. You wouldn't know that because uh, unless I'm telling you that. Right. But that's what people don't understand. It's like, you don't always have to put your personal business 
on Front Street, and you got to learn how to separate your personal and your professional. That's facts. That's facts. People don't get it. It kind of blurs them with this uh, age where social media is being injected into so many crevices of our work environment and they're really joining think about how many companies have a social media account um that we're we're forgetting that at the end of the day uh ma'am and sir that a lot of people have access to what you're posting and social media is no longer just personal it's, it's out there it's out there it's public so you should really feel like when you're on social media you're out in public so uh yeah keep that in mind <laughs> but you have to constantly reinforce that because people presume that and like even for example the reality shows aren't even reality they're scripted definitely like, scripted are definitely even when you see somebody rolling out of bed honey they're not waking up like that they're not waking up with a wig still tight on their lashes on they look popping. They don't wake up like that. That's all staged. The full face of makeup. <laughs> funny, okay? But you got to understand the difference and be able to differentiate what is real and what is propaganda. Mm -hmm. People don't know how to do that. But like you said, you got to have that sacrifice. Even if I'm in the public eye, that doesn't mean the public knows me. Facts. It just means you know what I want you to know. You know the parts of me I want to expose to you. And I'm so tight with my circle around me that do have access to me that I still control the narrative of what I put on social media. So you okay. think you might know me, but I'm still controlling what you get and what you see. Facts, facts and all, that's real. But another thing that we always have to be mindful of leadership, right? What we're representing because at the end of the day when we leave, we're still representing our brand. We still are. So we don't we don't have that that luxury of that distinction. Um, so when you see me at Walmart with my pants on, <laughs> it, I'm a, you're marketing yourself, like you said. Exactly, that's right. Oh man, funny story. Side note, I went to um, was it Wendy's? I went to Wendy's, and uh, we went through the drive-through. Tell me why homegirl had her whole bonnet on. <laughs> She said, I wasn't supposed to be working this shit, honey. They called me in. Yo, I said, ma'am, I know we're in a pandemic and all. <laughs> and we're not dining in, but you couldn't even take the bonnet off, though? I, I said, well, I mean, you know. It's hard out here. It is hard out here, okay? I was like, wow. Look this week. And I really wanted to pull the manager and be like, look, you thought this was okay? You thought this was okay? She said this ain't Chick-fil-A. Mind your business. <laughs> I just wanted to be like, this is good for you. This like, ain't Panera Bread. This ain't Panera Bread. This is she like, uh -uh. But you know what, though? I, I hate to be that guy, but I think it's because the manager was a white old man and it was a young black woman. So it's like, you probably didn't feel confident enough to be like, hey, I need you to take this bonnet off. Bonnet is like you like what's what's this what's this new situation on your head like, that, you know a hat like he didn't know what a bonnet is is like, that a different scarf that you're <laughs> I'm gonna tell you like I remember I had a weave thrown in and I was on a cruise going to Cuba and I'm sitting at the ball like tapping my weave like ooh because my hair was itch I'm just like mm -hmm. ooh, ooh, ooh. and the white lady was like are you okay and I'm like yeah well, I wouldn't wish I just see you hitting yourself in the head I'm like. Oh, my hair is itching under here. It's just like, 
oh my god i did not so i'm like it's okay sis like that's why we had these conversations right right around each other like it's okay <laughs> like if you knew like it's a bunch of cornrows under here and they all itch right now yeah right. she ain't know about the braid top the <laughs> Because let me tell you, that we was so on point, honey. Like, <laughs> it did its job. It did, it its, did job. its job. Yes. But yeah, you know, they, they live in a different world and it's okay. Like, it's okay. But yeah. like you said, that, that is just an example of you can't just wear anything anywhere. Like, that's your job. You never know who's going to pull up through the drive through and see you and provide you another opportunity. Facts. You never know. And me and my daughter remember when she first started high school, we got into a knockout dragger because she wanted to wear slides to school. And I'm mm. like, no. She's like, everyone's wearing slides. I'm like, no. You wear slides at Walmart. You wear in Walgreens. You wear you walk the damn dogs. I don't give a shit, but you're not wearing them to school because you need to have a certain look because you never know, again, who's going to extend these opportunities to you. Right. And she's like, well, everyone wears it's not in the dress code. I don't give a goddamn. And now... As she's going to a junior, she's like, oh, my God, you will never guess who has slides on today. I'm like, exactly my point, sis. Mm -hmm. Like you say, you're constantly marketing yourself, and you are your brand. Even if you're not in a business, you're still your brand. Exactly. Exactly. Well, guys, thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. As always, you can listen to the Hans and Tristan podcast on Spotify iTunes, Google Play, wherever podcasts are heard. And we're on YouTube. So please go to the Hans and Tristan podcast YouTube page, hit that subscribe button, get all our shows on there. From now on, our shows will be on YouTube. So please check them out. You get to see my face, Tristan's beautiful face. Check us out, guys. We appreciate it. Um, and Hans and Tristan podcast on IG, hit us up on there. So there's so many ways that you can get in contact with us no excuses we want to hear from you tell all your friends share it tell your friends yes and guys please be safe out there please be safe i know in like a couple of days we're gonna get reports of spikes but please be safe out there during this memorial day weekend be safe all right guys see you guys later bye bye